Hello and welcome to Blazepot. It's Tuesday the 23rd of March. My name is Ben. I'm joined as always by Andrew. How you doing, mate? All right, mate. You're by yourself. Yes, I'm not too bad, thank you. Uh, should we just quickly talk Chris Wilder before we get into what we're doing? Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to say the um, the feedback we had on the last podcast uh, was quite uh humbling i thought and and yeah uh, I, I was surprised like i thought not not that i expect people well actually no i i thought it might prove quite divisive because um i think it's fair to say when we recorded that we were going against the grain of what a lot of people have put out yeah, there i, I think. was slightly i was nervous but i was slightly sort of prepared for people saying what are these two talking about you know I'm, you know we got a couple of those and stuff really but mm. not not in the vast majority were sort of uh agreeing i think and and I, I don't know i'm still in the same position as last week to be fair i don't really know what's happened and i don't i'm not really in a position to to, to criticize the board or or criticize wild or anything until i know what happens next to be honest yeah, but yeah, just uh, really, uh, really surprised by that that level of feedback. So yeah, thanks to everyone mm-hmm. who uh, who listened to it. I'm glad so many people got so much out of it. I mean, yeah, we you know we uh, we we generally try and give our honest feelings on it. You know, I didn't go into that being like, right, I'm going to find the the perfectly balanced position to yeah. present both sides of how this is. It's just like that's, that's just how I actually feel and what I find most interesting. Same, yeah. So yeah. So that's what we put out there. I was slightly worried, like you, I guess, that uh, people might be more like, how dare you turn your back on Chris Wilder and not yeah, take his side? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a boxing gloves on ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah it, it seemed to resonate with a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, thanks thanks everyone that's listening. Go and um, do go. And if you haven't listened to it, it seems like a lot of people enjoyed it and found it uh, a bit therapeutic, a bit sort of mm. helpful, I suppose, in terms of understanding feelings around uh around I think, this departure i think things have died down a little bit with the initial anger which is understandable and i'm not going to knock anyone for being angry with the board or anything i've, I've had a few spats on twitter this weekend um, <laughs> about certain things but you know i genuinely do appreciate everyone's opinion on it i'm not saying i'm right for being sort of you know balanced in my in my own head balance of like thinking let's see what happens next if people have genuinely got misgivings and the the really sure that this is like the worst thing that's ever happened and you know they could prove to be right i'm just not at that stage at this moment in time yeah well you asked me where i was on the uh on the grief scale mm. uh, and i think i've gone back to denial <laughs> just like, I just yeah i just don't want to think about this anymore well, i thought we're over it and then you said i think we should start doing a chris wilder tribute so and i'm like oh yeah right. <laughs> mm. yeah prepare yourself now i think we'll do that next week um i think i think i'll be ready then to do our um yeah, I, I look back at Wilder's tenure as uh, as United manager. I think I'm might... the same as you. I, I get the feeling, you know, that if people have listened to the podcast and see, and seen what I write on Twitter, that I'm like, unbelievably pro Prince, which I'm not. It's just a case of I'm trying to sort of work out what the theory is going forward. If you know what I mean, hmm. I miss Wilder like hell. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like sort of going against him or anything like that. I think I may be sort of trying to downplay, not downplay his achievements, but downplay the significance of it in my own head. So maybe I'm in a bit of denial like yourself, actually, in, in that sense. Yeah, that's fair enough, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the bottom line is I very much wish he was still the manager. Mm. Um, and, yeah, a, an hour of uh, discussion on on the various sides of that doesn't change it, to be honest. I mean, no. yeah, have, have you been following particularly what's been going on behind the scenes this week? I mean, there's only been sort of dribs and drabs of information and some of it seems to contradict. I do not know to believe, and this is like the sort of spat that I had on Twitter with the sense that I, I, think, I think local journalists are getting their information from one particular place, which is understandable, because as far as I know, the prints and the board haven't gone to the local media since they've been here. It's always been every sort of interview and stuff has been done on TalkSport or Sky Sports News or something like that. Yeah. And I think it's understandable that, you know, the, the local journalists are getting their... They're, they're putting what they can out, because, but they're only getting one side of it for me. Mm. Um, and I don't... And I think that's a, a bit of a slight on the board as well for being quite poor with communication to mm-hmm. a degree. But then again, if there's nothing to say, what can you say? Yeah, it does seem like... Uh... Alan Nil will not be sticking around, as you uh, mentioned. I, yeah, 
the uh, mm. it's like the the opposite of the Godfather in it. Let me make you an offer you can refuse. <laughs> I think that's exactly what's happened. I think they don't want to sack him because of the the money payout, but I think they sort of offered him a role that he can refuse, and they may be able to get rid of him that way. Yeah, which is sad um, because he's obviously uh, you know. I felt a bit bad for this uh, after we recorded that last podcast because I'm not sure his name came up more than a couple of times but obviously he is a massive part of those last oh, four and a half years as well so yeah that's that is sad if we can't retain his services because he's been excellent you know not just in a sentimental way just I mean, just look at the body of work he has been fantastic for united yeah so uh yeah it'd be nice if they get that sorted and i, I do think that is a bit of a indictment if they don't but then i guess if they're changing the way they're the structure of how it is behind the scenes, then maybe there isn't a position for him or, or one that he wants to take anymore. But we'll see. Yeah. It's all speculation at this point. So, uh, all right. So we'll, we'll we'll leave that one there for now. We'll probably return to that next week, I think. Um, there was, of course, a game involving United this weekend, which we will talk about briefly. Uh, and then we've got our memorable match for this week as well, which is uh, another win over Sheffield Wednesday. Who doesn't love wins over Sheffield Wednesday? So looking forward to talking about that one in the second half of this podcast. But yeah, let's talk FA Cup, mate. Uh, the Blades, uh, another defeat. Hardly any, hardly any great surprise there. I think given the the state that the club was in with uh, managerial departures, the five nil loss loss to Leicester, continuing yeah. um, you know players missing through injury, etc. And going up against the Chelsea team, I don't think I've lost under Tuchel yet, have they? In, like, no, I've only conceded two goals as well, and one of those was with that Rudiger goal against us. Yeah, so it's it's fair to say we were quite big outsiders for this one, I think. I um, were expecting at least 4-0, and I'm not exaggerating in terms of, oh, we're that rubbish. I, I just thought they're on fire. They're probably the second-best team in the league at the moment, and mm. we are by far the worst. So. Yeah, but uh, what was your overall impression and, and feelings after, the, uh, after this 2-0 defeat? Well, I said to you, best we've played all season that second half, and I think I probably went a bit OTT there, to be honest, <laughs> in hindsight. I think I was sort of more relieved than anything that we didn't just crumble, and I do think we probably deserve to take it into extra time, to be honest. Yeah, it, it was okay. I, I What I can't do is I can't get excited about, no. like, oh, this is signs for the future. I mean, it's like three games since... You know, ten Man United beat Aston Villa, who are a top ten. Premier, well, they were at that point. I'm not sure if they are at the minute, but the top ten Premier League team. And then look what happened after that. <laughs> we were awful yeah. for the next two games. We lost one five nil. We probably should have lost the other one against Southampton five nil at least as well. So I, I can't. I, I'd like to buy into this idea that, like, you know, the players are still, you know, they're still fighting for the club and stuff. I think I just think they played quite well, and I don't know. I don't think you can read any more into it than that. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, it, it was maybe a maybe a t- in the top five performances of games that we've lost this season. Maybe mm. would have snuck into that. But um... I think I were relieved in a way, which is it sounds insane after a defeat, but I think I were relieved because. I really did think we were going to get an absolute towsing on uh, national TV. So. That's a good word. Ooh, and we didn't. We put a performance where... Is that a word? Towsing? Is that a word? Or have I made that up? Might... I don't know. It's a bit early for me, though, so I've not had much sleep, so maybe I'm making words up. But <laughs> I'll, I'll go along with it. It might get into the English dictionary. Who knows? No, it's, uh, it's there, mate. It's, uh, is it there? Yeah, a beating or a drubbing. That's, uh, that's news see, to me, that yeah, one, but this is This is twice you've doubted me on this podcast about my <laughs> terminology. Should have learned my lesson by now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I really did think like, we were going to get embarrassed, basically, on uh, national TV. And the fact that we came out of it and all the talk after from the pundits were how well we'd done. Hmm. I would just sort of like, yeah, that's I'll, you know that's not bad really. Obviously, you're out. You don't want to lose, but yeah, I'll take it. I guess it was. I guess it was a performance that I wasn't upset with. Put it like that. Yeah. Which I haven't been able to say about the majority of games this season. Um, I actually jumped off my seat as well when Brewster hit the side netting, which I've not done for a long, long time watching United. Yeah, I I thought that was a goal. Yeah, as pretty much as soon as he hit, it, and I, I did realise that I had got quite excited, which. Yeah, mm. I was not totally expecting from this. I mean, uh, I don't know if United social media were just being mischievous or, or what in the advance in the lead up to it, but uh, the sudden appearance of a four four two formation. Mm. <laughs> did you so strange? Did you that. get excited I just saw about it, that? It looked, it looked photoshopped to me. <laughs> I, I tweeted like this. Just looks, it looks weird. <laughs> it yeah. just doesn't look like sort of that's not us. 
It's been five years or whatever, a 3-5-2, and all of a sudden you're lobbing a 4-4-2. They're only like five players out of position as well, weren't they? So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Uh, but it was, of course, um, uh, the 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 old favourite 3-5-2 with, um, with Baldock and Stevens playing at centre-back, which, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's novel. I think just at this point, before we go any further, just want to say Phil Jagielka... Mm. Uh, what an effort to play in this game and to play brilliantly as well. Is um... Yeah, I thought he were our best outfield player. I think Ramsdale, again, possibly man of the match. I don't think he did much wrong, mm. pulled a couple of good saves off. But I think outfield players, he made a couple of errors in terms of his passing and stuff, Jagielka. But overall, that you know, what I mean? I'm, I'm not even putting into what, he, what he's gone through. Yeah. I think that's a really good performance against a really good side from a, what is he, 39? 38. 38-year-old yeah. man, after everything he'd been to, put that on top of it as well. You know, yeah, I think it's an incredible performance. Yeah, for for anyone who's somehow not aware of what we're uh, alluding to there, his, um, his brother Steve tragically passed away um, yeah. last week. I think aged only 43. Um, and yeah, just awful news. So yeah, all the best to uh, to the Jagielka family. But um, Yeah, absolutely. I concur with that. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, I didn't expect him to play. Um, not you know with no inside knowledge, but I just thought that's an awful tragedy. I mean, you know our seasons. I know this is a cup game, so you, your season isn't technically over, but I think he could be forgiven for saying like Jags, just just take this one off, mate. It's all right. Yeah, but well, he- I think it's one of those sort of things you see it, don't you, every now and again, where some people do like to sort of get you know they think it's the best way but it's like when someone dies and people go to work in it you say why are these at work but some you know some people handle grief differently don't they yeah and and by all accounts uh did he wanted normality this uh this week he wanted to you know keep training keep playing and uh yeah he put in a, a really really good performance i thought against uh, against an excellent attack he nearly scored didn't he as well in the first half you thought oh, that'd be an amazing story he did have a, a good header yeah um you, I mean, so uh, the first goal, uh, our old um, our old friend, the set piece, and three players get dragged towards the ball. None of them seem to make it. Chilwell fires it in, and of course, it's a it's a United player haplessly mm-hmm. turning it into his own goal, and it is it's a lucky goal. I mean, I, I even saw some people say, "What's he doing, Norwood?" It's like, he's, you know, what I mean, it just hits him, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he lunges at. The, I don't know. I, I can see why people would blame him. He does sort of lunge at the ball. I don't know. I don't know what the best case scenario is there. I, I guess it is just he sticks out a leg and he gets a, a firm contact and blocks it away from goal. But the fact he's sort of facing towards his, his goal almost, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, possibly, yeah. I'll be honest, I've not sort of forensically examined this goal. So maybe I'm being, yeah, maybe I'm being uh, lenient on him. I think, I, my first thought was it's just hit him and gone in, but I've only seen it a couple of times, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a disaster from him. Whereas um, I've seen the McGoldrick chance, but which we'll come on to about <laughs> five thousand times because yeah. the BBC would not stop showing it after he missed it. So. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, what was the other thing? That, oh yeah, Norwood with the um, oh just the, that horrific back pass, which mm. you. So I was um, I was watching this on my uh, on my laptop. So I was, I, so this is why this game was was better than I expected because I was going to do some work while it was on and then mm. I ended up not doing that much work because it was a more entertaining game than I was expecting unlike yeah, yeah. unlike last week where I got absolutely tons done during the last of the game mm. but yeah, um, yeah you, you sort of telegraphed to me via direct message that something was about to happen that I should pay attention to and yeah, uh, yeah Norwood with the uh, ridiculous through ball to... Um, I can't even remember which uh, which Chelsea player it was, but was it, was it Mount? No, no. Oh, oh. Can't, can't anyway, remember, but, uh, Rams one of their amazing players. <laughs> one of their amazing players. Yeah, fortunately, Rams still saves it. But oh, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> Just don't do that, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get on to the McGoldrick chance, I suppose. Uh, I, I, I actually was I was getting ready to celebrate this one, which made me realise I was more invested in the game than. I'd, previously thought I suppose a, a good ball in from Lundstrom I think it takes a slight deflection McGoldrick's completely unmarked he's inside the six yard box you're just thinking this this has to be a goal he heads it back across goal and it sort of just hits him on the side of the head and goes wide it's oh it's agonizing the goal I'm, it... I'm sat with my head in my hands now obviously you can't see that just like reliving it again it's just it's a free header from two yards out it's just like oh no yes it was last season's McGoldrick wasn't it Oh, he, um, I think that might be his worst miss so far. Actually, thinking about it, 
I think the Brighton one last year where he went round oh, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Put it in the side net. So you're you're in pain just thinking of that one again. So yeah, that, that's definitely yeah, yeah. the number one. It was a terrible miss. Um, I, I just love that. I had to laugh the replay of Kep, like where you saw Kepper's face on the replay, and he's just mm. he's just pulling a confused face. Like, how is that not the equaliser? I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just do not understand how that got in. But uh, it was, yeah, it was the best and worst of McGoldrick. I mean, that happens with him sometimes. We know he's a average to below average finisher. He's he's been on a he's performed really well this season in front of goal actually yeah. you know I think he's um, right around his expected goals total for the season so and he's obviously our top scorer so he's been by far our biggest goal threat and yeah. then you know he does other things doesn't he like he skins uh, Aspilicueta on the byline just a phenomenal piece of skill that I don't think we have any other players who are capable of doing that kind of thing or if they are they've certainly not shown it this season so yeah, it was uh, it was the the full McGoldrick package this game. I thought I can't be I can't be too upset with him. And, it's one uh, of those things like people I've seen people say I think he was man of the match, but can you give him man of the match when he's missed a chance like that? Because that's what he's there for. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he, I thought he played well overall. Second half we were much better, weren't we? You know, we, we mm. were braver in possession. I thought. You know, Baldock and Stevens got forward well, I thought. Um... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we carry this on because, you know, Heckingbottom after said something on the lines like, well, it's a cup match, you only get one shot at it, so we thought we may as well go for it. Mm. We may as well do that for every league game, surely. <laughs> you think so? They, they... I kind of want to buy. I kind of want to buy into that. A lot of talk afterwards of like, you know, being braver on the ball, and you know, I'll yeah. not. Um... I think he said something like, "I'll not criticize players for giving it away. I'll criticize them for not getting on the ball." I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, right. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't a fantastic second. I was talking to someone at work who didn't watch it, and they were like, it was what we were like then. I heard they were really good. I said, well, you can tell there's no confidence there. The, the passing, everyone's second guessing the passing, aren't they, and taking too long, and yeah. really simple passes were going out of play, and you're like, wow. But in terms of the intensity and the willingness to get forward and take risks, it, it was definitely better than we've seen in recent weeks. Even the Villa game, I think, I think it was better than that in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd go with that, yeah. Um, Stevens had a he had a header at the back post. He heads into the side mm. netting, and then there's that Brewster chance right at the end that you mentioned, where um, Musse with a, a burst that we've not seen for a, a very long time. I mean, we've, yeah. we've barely seen him for ages, I suppose. But he he powers forward. It, it gets recycled to uh, Brewster on the edge of the box. He smashes one, which uh, takes a little deflection. I think just crashes into the side netting, doesn't it? I thought he did all right when he came on Brewster. Made a nuisance mm. of himself. Much more than, for instance, I thought possibly McBurney and uh, Burke did. Yeah, McBurney's just a total non-factor in this game. and Yeah, he's, he's actually... He did have a shot, McBurney, in fairness to him. Yeah, but I missed that. I'm really annoyed. Could be because I was watching on well, my laptop. You were, were that soft. I'm not sure if it ever reached the net. So. Oh, the one in the second half, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the feather touch effort. Just... Please, please yeah. hit it harder next time, Bernie. <laughs> yeah, that was that just after the McGoldrick chance, actually. I think it was. Wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. We had a bit of a bit of momentum there, didn't we? Like about a ten minute spell. I think that all came within the same the three chances of McGoldrick when he put it across the area, McBurney's shot, and then the mm. McGoldrick we've talked about all came within like a ten minute spell. Yeah, that's right. So I think we were really unlucky not to get an equaliser. Um but then yeah. Chelsea on the counter attacks, one one ball over the top and uh ZH ends up sticking it into the corner of the net. Not really much Ramsdale could have done about that. Yeah, it, it felt it felt a little bit harsh to concede that second, but that's what happened when you push everybody forward. And when I mean, there's still this ridiculous thing: we have one one available centre back, and we're playing three at the back. I mean, okay. Uh, do you know? I mean, I was quite harsh on him in a sense. I always am when I'm watching the game. Like, what's he doing? Why is he doing this? And then you look at the team, and you're thinking, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that team. What we had out yesterday for me doesn't get in the championship top, well, top six at least. Anyway, I'd say. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe the at the front it's not too bad, but yeah, midfield. Uh, excuse me, defense is is uh, going to be struggling a bit. I think there's three uh, players there who realistically, like, well, last season didn't play in those positions at all. Jagielka played what twice against Man United, and that were it. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so that was it. That That is kind of officially the end of our season, isn't it? The Cup's over, obviously the league is... We can still is, uh... survive, mate. I don't know why I, I keep seeing this, but concentrate on the league now. Concentrate on the league. Any, any other thoughts? I put on S2 after, you can't win them all, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was some good concentrate on the league uh, 
content out there uh, on Twitter. It did make me laugh. Um, anything else to say about Chelsea? No, I mean, I, I, I did laugh after we were two shows in. Oh, we were a bit tired. It's like, mate, you made about 100 subs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they made more subs than they were allowed. Yeah, they they that's like, what best I felt sick like. to the players. It was just, yeah. So um, I'm not buying that, to be honest. Yeah, and we we get a nice long break now. It's uh, it's two, almost two weeks between matches, isn't it? Before we play Leeds, I was doing my allergy thing when you told me this. I was doing my allergy like I <laughs> two weeks without United. Yeah, and uh, it also means we can't mathematically be relegated by Leeds, which is quite you know that's that's probably the last the last insult of this season, isn't it? Is that what their been fans there? are really worried about uh, playing us from people I've spoken to? Um, oh, we- simply because. Hecking bottom factor. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, I thought we'd just gone back to that thing where we'd never, where we didn't beat anyone for 20 games, and every opposition team was like, oh, no. It, from what I can gather, is people that Leeds fans didn't like Hecking bottom to that degree that they're absolutely convinced now that he's going to get one over on him. But okay, fair enough. I don't know what they're worried about the safe anyway. They're not going to do anything. So no, indeed. Uh, one final thing before we move on to uh, our memorable match. I watched the under twenty threes yesterday on YouTube. That was uh, that was enjoyable. There, uh, yeah. there's some good players there. They uh, they won four 0 against QPR. Um, obviously, Heckingbottom was the uh, was the coach of that before taking over the first team. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was. I don't know. I think I, 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 the romantic in me was like, oh look, this is a Sheffield United team playing in sunshine, which I don't I don't feel yeah, like I've seen yeah. United do that all season. It's just been. Grey misery the entire yeah. year. Bramall Lane in sunshine looks good. A team of you know confident players who all look good on the ball. Musa played seventy minutes. Should have had a hat trick. Missed some right chances, but uh, he got a couple of assists. And Dai looked uh, looked very good for that level. I'm, I'm not sure how good QPR are, but certainly at under 23s level looks uh, looks very tidy. That's the that's the first time I've seen him play actually. And um, yeah, encouraging. You know it's been a bad season when the media team and the forums are all going mad about the under-23 mm. <laughs> team winning a game. It happened when we went down under Mickey Adams when we got to the Youth Cup final. Oh, yeah. That was, was a good team, like, to be people... fair. Yeah, yeah, very good. And everyone's just sharing it. But like you say, it's good to watch it. I mean, I didn't watch it at work, but it's good to see a United team, uh, whatever level, played as well as they apparently played. Yeah, absolutely. So more games on YouTube, please, for me to watch. Because uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I, it says the most I've watched. I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed watching United this season. Probably was that game, and yeah, uh, yeah a couple of the individuals. Well, in I it. saw the highlights. What what struck me is, hang on, these players have a bit of pace. We don't normally see this at Bramall Lane. <laughs> mm. Yeah, particularly I think and I particularly and um, uh, and Brunt looked like. Uh, physically, they wouldn't be out of place in uh, mm. in big boys football. I mean, Premier League's probably a step too far at this stage. We've got to see him though, aren't we? Even if it's just in cameos, like till the end of the season. Now, I hope so. Yeah, and you'd think with Heckingbottom in charge, that would uh, only increase the likelihood of that happening. Yeah. Um, all right, mate. Let's take a very quick break, and then we'll get into our memorable match. Thank you to Glistening Kicks, the sponsor of this podcast. They are a Sheffield-based business delivering high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. So if you've ever looked down at your footwear and thought they could use a bit of a touch-up, Glistening Kicks are for you. They recently serviced some shoes for none other than our very own Sheffield United goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale, as well. And they are, of course, run by Blades fans. They can remove loose dirt and debris, give deep clean to laces, shoes and midsoles and also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. Plus, if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head over to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That's glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And our memorable match this week is uh, another Steel City derby. We're going back to February 2006 at Hillsborough. 
and uh, United travelling to Wednesday. United going for relegation, <laughs> go for relegation, going for promotion this season. <laughs> Wednesday, trying to avoid relegation. Uh, this this is a season, of course, where we did finish in the top two and get promoted to the Premier League. Wednesday, unfortunately, didn't finish in the bottom three, although they were. Uh, it was touch and go for a while there. This was a pretty mm. lame Wednesday team. They were, I believe, we say that quite a lot on this podcast, don't we? Whether it's about the current team or the past one, or <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think they were fifth bottom. They ended up finishing ten points clear of relegation. This is this is obviously the second derby of the season. We'd won the the home game one nil with uh, Alan Quinn becoming the first player to score for both teams in the Sheffield Just on your own back, because I watched the season highlights in preparation for this game. Mm. Do you think that goal gets disallowed now by VAR with Shipley on the line? It's possible, yeah. Um, it's his backside, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess it comes down to whether he's over the line before... Mm. Excuse me, whether the ball is over the line before it hits him. Nicky Weaver's going mad in goal, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, Fortunately, it does get given. So we're going into this game with um, with Wednesday. I just want to set the set the scene here because things uh, had, had gone a bit uh, awry in previous weeks, hadn't they? We yeah, we spent. You say this, in fact, but I'm, 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 I'll admit here that I, I wrote my notes down and then uh, wrote over them by accident. So mm. I'm sort of uh, <laughs> ad libbing this, but. I'm pretty sure when they lost two out of the last eight, I'm sure that's what Warnock says in his programme notes before the Reading match, which was the game before this. That is true, but uh, yeah. yeah, no win in our previous three. And actually, this Wednesday mm. game uh, precedes a dreadful run where it looks like we're going to yeah. throw away promotion. So I just want to go back to this. this. This game's on the 18th of February. I want to go back four games to the very start of February. We... Break our club record transfer fee for Adiak in Bailly. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Horsfield is also signed around this time. For what us. did you remember about this at the time about Akin Bailly? Were you like, oh, this is a great signing? Or were you like, majority of fans I spoke to were like, not, not sure about that one? <laughs> no, I, th- I, I remember thinking it was a good signing. Um, mm. I don't have a, do I have our squad in front of us? But so this season started with Cabot absolutely on fire, yeah. didn't he? He was in yeah, ridiculous yeah. form. But then I, I think by the end of the season, he only had nine goals. He basically didn't score for the last three quarters of the season, yeah, did he? Yeah, he? He, he definitely didn't score after Christmas. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm just looking now. His last goal was... He never scored for us again, actually, thinking about it, no. I guess he wouldn't have done, yeah. So he... What was this? Uh, one, two, three, four, six, seven... Eight. He'd scored, yeah, he scored eight goals by the 21st of October. That's about 10 games in, maybe maybe 11 games. And mm. then he, he scored once for the rest of the season, and that was in November. So mm. we were we were kind of fiddling around trying to find out who should play up front. We had Shipley in and out of the team, picked up um, Bruce Dyer. Uh, who yeah. else? There's another striker. I've Danny Webber, obviously, with a, I think he was the main striker, weren't he? Danny Webber, when he was fit. He, but, he were in most weeks. But not prolific at all. I mean, he had... Oh, no. He was never a prolific goal scorer, Danny Webber. He weren't that sort of player, were he really? He weren't a Billy Sharp type player. Yeah. Vincent Pericard, another one that uh, you know came in on loan. So we, even though this team was doing really well, I, I don't, I didn't feel like we had a settled, like, those are your best two strikers and, and they are going to fire you to promotion. So mm. I don't know. I, I, I can't. Uh, 100% accurately tell you how I felt 15 years ago but I remember thinking yeah that make you know seems like a lot of money Akin Bailly uh, he'd done very well at Burnley but uh, at that point I knew him as a <laughs> a bit of a joke figure striker like Akin Badbye yeah. Akin Badbye was uh, hilariously awful for Leicester admittedly a higher level in the There's Premier actually League. A, a, in the Reading programme which is the again you know the, the home game before this match there's an interview with him where he says like he, he was so frustrated that that one season defined him and he, he mm. was seen as like a bit of a joke figure because of that Leicester season. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's that's kind of fair. I think that he would not be happy about that because I mean, you know, I was I was looking up some uh, some stuff on him the other day and yeah, there are like highlight videos just about that season and it's just like a compilation of Akinbai's misses, but they were. Mm. They were so spectacularly bad. Yeah. Some of those misses. There were about five against Liverpool. If I yeah, that. yeah, that's <laughs> right. And it's just it just looks like someone who's never played football before. Um, and mm. even the even the goalie does score that season. It comes after he completely mishits a shot. Unfortunately, it just bounces back to him, and he can smash yeah. it in. And then he he runs off with that quite iconic goal celebration in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I saw it described as uh, I think this is on ESPN. They done his name appears on a, a list of top ten goal droughts, which is kind of ominous. But um, it described <laughs> him as uh, Bruce Banner mid transformation. Shirt comes off, and uh, yeah, some serious muscle on display. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought. We need a striker, even though things have been going pretty well at that point. As you said, we've won four of our previous five games. Um, I thought we, you know, that's going to push us over the top. That's going to help us. Fit, I think hold, we should mention off. as well that we played Burnley December, I think it were, when we beat them 3-0. Mm-hmm. And Akinbae missed an open goal yes. for about three yards out and all the fans were singing, don't you wish you'd sign for us? Yeah, I remember that. And in fairness to Akibai, he started doing like a conductor's thing to the, yeah, <laughs> to the crowd. I remember that very clearly, yeah. So we, we'd obviously been in the market for him for a little while. but um... Warnock loved that, though. Warnock used to sign. Like John Stead were a fantastic example of that. But in the Warnock documentary from about four years before, he says, oh, I really like John Stead. I really like... Then we signed him four years later in the Premier League. He liked his long-term targets. Yeah. I suppose Wilder did as well, actually, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pursue a player for a year. But Akinbay does finally sign right at the end of January. Makes his debut away at Derby. Gets the, uh, the only goal in a 1-0 win. And uh, you think this is going really, really well. But then these next three games prior to the Wednesday game, we get hammered 4-1 at home to Watford, uh, which was a real gut punch of a game. Ashley Young absolutely destroyed us in that one. Um, We were down to 10 men, which I'd forgotten until I revisited the highlights. But uh, Unsworth got sent off for tangling with Chris Eagles, a, a Wednesday connection there. Um, we drew away at Plymouth, which wasn't very good, and then uh, a one-all home draw with Wednesday. Excuse me, with Reading four days before this Wednesday game, um, a game we absolutely should have won, uh, mm. I, I, and, and somehow almost threw it away right at the end. Needed a Paddy Kenny penalty save to to get us a point. Might have been the best we played all season, like you know that Reading game. Yeah, it was. It was actually a tremendous game, wasn't it? I mean, mm. it was the best two teams in the league by a, by distance. It turned out at the end of the season. I made Dave Kitson missing the pen as well. He did, yeah. Unfortunately, he also scored uh, the equaliser with uh, with Bruce Dyer on the on the score sheet. Yeah, so his we, first and only goal, I believe that Bruce first Dyer. and only goal, but good enough to get him a mm. starting spot in the Sheffield derby a few days later. So let's run down these teams then. And the, the Wednesday team is, I mean, there's some players here. I have, I mean, I'm pretty confident saying I've never heard of these players again. <laughs> Apart yeah, from- well, there's a couple of people on the bench who I was looking at, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, blimey! I think yeah, one of them is uh, Patrick Collins, who I think is a is right for the Independent or something like that. He's like a sports <laughs> journalist. Um, anyway, so the Wednesday uh, the Wednesday team, Chris Adamson, who actually I think he got a mention a couple of podcasts ago, and I have yeah, absolutely yeah. no idea what you're talking about. Lee Bullen, <laughs> who's like their perennial caretaker manager these days. Yeah. Frankie Simek, Graham Coughlin, who this morning I learned is uh, our new interim under twenty threes coach. That was that was news to me that it was the same Graham Coughlin. Somebody called Peter Gilbert. Absolutely no idea. Chris yeah. Brunt obviously went on to have a very good career. Johan Folly, not sure. Burton O'Brien, no idea. Glenn Whelan did all right for himself, and then uh, Leon Best and uh, Stephen McLean up front. For the Blades, uh, Paddy Kenny and goal. Neil, we're, we're going to talk centre backs in a moment. Neil yeah. Collins at centre back with Chris Morgan, Rob Kozluk and Chris Armstrong, and then in midfield, Jaggy Elka, Nick Montgomery, Paul Eiffel, Michael Tong. Up front, Akin Bai and uh, Bruce Dyer, as I said, continues in um, in absence of anyone else. Injuries had plagued our defence in the build up to this mm. game, and I think you actually mentioned. Did you say this a few weeks ago that uh, Warnock had said Jeff Horsfield would have been centre-half? Yeah, he said in the programme uh, after the Wednesday game, he said he, he, it was going to be Jagielka and Horsfield. The interesting thing, we signed Collins a few days before. It was, it was literally the day before. I've got this written down. Yeah, the day it was before. on Friday sorry, night, yeah. As yeah. an emergency loan sign-in. What I didn't realise is Collins himself was an injury doubt. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, I, He'd been in hospital all that week with the virus. Yeah, I'd, um, I was going to have this as one of my fun facts, but I think it's... Oh, sorry, Albert. No, 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 I think, it's, yeah. I think it's good to bring in now anyway. Um, yeah, Warner contacted him in hospital. Um, he, This is Collins. He got a uh, an infection in his ankle playing in a mm-hmm. reserve game for Sunderland that week. And uh, he'd been signed off for a week 
But yeah, wow. he was told in I hospital. Got virus down. He said virus in the program, but um, that probably just war not talking. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Doctor. I suppose infection virus very easy to. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Neil. Yeah, um, yeah uh, I was told in hospital that Sheffield United wanted me. I couldn't believe my luck. I was desperate to go, so when I came out of hospital, I woke up on Friday morning feeling okay. I rang Neil and said I'd be fine. Um, yeah, Morgan passed the late fitness test. Where the po- Morgan had an operation in the middle of the week and couldn't walk the day before. <laughs> yeah, this this is some classic Derby stuff. This in it, it's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I was told Warnock said before. I was told last week that Chris Morgan would not be available all week, but what a performance he ends up putting in. Um, what else did Collins said here? Yeah, he said that he only met his he only met his new teammates on Saturday morning, and the game obviously being played later that day so yeah. uh yeah oh yeah warnock has said about chris morgan i was told he would not play for three or four weeks uh and to play like he did so soon after being under general anesthetic it's incredible <laughs> it's unbelievable there's a, there's a uh, obviously the captain's column in the program uh, mm. the week after and morgan said like you know he, he didn't realize he were going to be it, it, the operation he was put to sleep for it as well this is like on the friday the game was on the sunday yeah so we're talking like a major sort of, I mean, it were only an injection that you had in, but yeah, I don't think you'd get away with that nowadays, to be honest. Yeah, possibly not. That was uh, that was some heroic stuff. And yeah, they both played really well. Collins, of course, was just on loan, and then he uh, he, he signs permanent, permanently for United five years later. Mm. Um, I'd, uh, mixed feelings about Collins as a yeah. United centre-back. He seems like a I nice guy. I think he put guy, everything but... into it, Collins. I'd never knock his work rate, mm. but he's just symbolic of that. Awful period, isn't it? Unfortunately, man. If we if we got promoted that season under Danny Wilson, his his legacy is probably much more favourable. Oh yeah, because he yeah, was he was good that season. I, I'm I'm convinced he was good that season with Maguire yeah. alongside him. He was good under Clough as well for the first when Clough first came in and we kept like eight clean sheets in a row. We remember Maguire at the back. Mm. But yeah, he does a great job in this game for sure. I mean. Yeah, we we touched on it earlier, but Wednesday, this is a really poor Wednesday team. And it's a it's a very young Wednesday team as well. I yeah. I mean there's a few Chris Adamson actually is a, a fair bit older than I remember. I think he was what was it, fifteen years ago. So he'd been twenty seven. Obviously mm-hmm. Bullen, um I think Bullen was thirty five at this point, but you go down the rest of it, it's, there's a lot of twenty one year olds, twenty year olds. Yeah. I think uh, I think Best is only twenty at that point, Brunt's twenty one, Simek is early twenties as well. A very youthful team, and I think uh, Paul Sturrock, who was the um, the Wednesday manager, kind of he mentioned this afterwards. He said, "You know, we had a lot of a lot of young players out today, and they didn't do what you need to do in a derby game." Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is fair. I mean, we we really controlled this match. I thought, and it, it it's the most one sided derby I've ever 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 watched. And we, uh, including that and Wednesday, I mean, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, and we, we've said that a few times as well, and we've usually ended up on the losing side in those yeah, games, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fortunately, they didn't have Kevin Pressman in goal during this period. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a, an obvious golfing quality between these two teams, and for once, we actually did make it count. Um, yeah, Paul, Paul Sturrock, do you, do you remember much of him as Wednesday manager? Well, do you want me to give one of my trivias out now? Go for it, yeah, if this is the good this point. Is, I remember this at the time, but it's fantastic. Do you know we had a superstition? Uh, for five years straight, uh, Wednesday, his previous club, Southampton, and Plymouth, the, the club before that, he had a superstition of heading back to the changing room in injury time. So the board would go up for added time, and he'd be off down the dugout. He never watched any injury time for five years. Well, in that case, he might well have uh, missed a goal in this game. Well, there's a great thing he said. Like he says, I always had a superstition about not being pitch side in injury time. Um, we once played Hull. This was his Wednesday manager. I went my way to the dressing room, preparing a run as we had just let a goal and it was one-one and we needed a win. I started ripping into the players and Steve Adams, the midfielder, whispered in my ear, "Gaffer, we scored a winner in the last minute." <laughs> Sturrock said, "To say I felt stupid is a massive understatement." <laughs> <laughs> the superstition ended actually, so it will have been on the pitch for this. Because earlier on this season, Wednesday let an injury time goal into Reading and uh, Sturrock said after, you won't find me doing that again. The superstition is finished. <laughs> but five years he did it for. That's... Can you imagine your manager just walking down the tunnel in injury time? That's such a non-league anecdote, that. In yeah. <laughs> Sunday league, oh, we actually won, Gaffer. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, oh, Wednesday, we're actually 21st. I've just got it here. So um, mm-hmm. what's that? One place outside the relegation zone going into the game. Uh, on the bench for United, Derek Geary, Gary Flitcroft, Jeff Horsfield, Phil Barnes, the goalkeeper, and Steve Cabber. 
And then for Wednesday, Marcus Tudgay, who, who would have a good moment against us a couple of years later, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, Richie Partridge, who uh, is now a physio for Qatar, of all things. I was looking him up. Unbelievable player on uh, one of the championship managers, Richie Partridge. He, he was good, I remember that, yeah. And then uh, yeah. three people called Ben Kirby, Pat Collins and Sean McAllister for Wednesday. I've no idea. Absolutely no memory of those whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah, as I said, we well, as we both said, I guess, much the better team in this game. I think... Akinbaye had one, like a close range sort of volley, quite well saved yeah. by Adamson, where it was sort of fired across the goal mouth. But then um, we take the lead surprisingly late in the half. Actually, let me just uh, ask you this. You you were not at the game. You Did you, like me, watch it on a uh, beanbag at Bramall? I watched the beanbag, yeah. We're there at the beanbag, yeah. How was that for you? I can't remember. I watched the other one. We lost to him 1-0 when uh, Chris O'Grady scored. I watched that on a beanbag as well. Hmm. So I'm getting mixed up between the two games. I can't really remember much about it. I can't remember, to be honest. Yeah, I think for... Um, I, I was there as well, actually, as it happens. And uh, I quite hmm. enjoyed it. I think it was the first time I'd done that. Um, yeah, it probably would have been for me, actually, yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, it's obviously not a, a match-like atmosphere, but it was... Yeah, it felt like better than just I don't know watching it in the pub or something like that. So yeah, because it went on TV obviously where it wouldn't have been on Sky or anything. No, I guess not. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was good. My my overriding memory is the person next to me singing uh, Adi Akinbay to the tune of I Predict a Riot by the Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> I, ne- I never caught on. I don't think. Although somebody tweeted it to me uh, uh, when I said we were doing this this. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, the legend lives on. Unless it's the same guy, and just managed to yeah, find yeah. out he was sat next to me. Um, anyway, we win this free kick on the. Um, it's not even on the corner of the box, is it? On the left, it's it's in a crossing position. Really, why is he shooting from here? <laughs> I have no idea, but uh, yeah, Tong stands over it and just fizzes this free kick into the far corner of the net. I it it annoys me. There's no more camera angles of this goal because yeah. it's. It's quite hard to see what happens from your sort of standard TV angle, and then the blooming, the head-on one. Like basically, I don't know if you noticed this. It sort of misses out the top of the goal. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's not I even really mean, focused yeah. on the net, so you don't. It's probably a much better free kick than it looks in a way, but yeah, you sort of. Michael Tong always played well against Wednesday. Well, pretty mm. much anyway. He always sort of seemed to terrorise them, and this was another one of those. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Did he? Although he did, I feel like he missed a, a really good chance that would have made it four one in the uh, he did the Michael yeah. Brown. But I remember just he was down that left hand side and he was just completely. I think it was Simic. It would have been Simic, wasn't it? And he was just running him ragged all match. Yeah, him and Armstrong had, had a lot of joy down the left actually, and uh, mm. yeah, they, they couldn't really couldn't really live with that pair. But yeah, phenomenal strike by Tong just fires it uh, from a from a strange angle. Maybe maybe. Uh, confused the goalkeeper that he was going for a shot i do remember when it went in actually you know you just reminded me of uh, when we were watching because obviously the uh the beam bike not the best quality were it i don't think no and i don't think anyone realized it had gone in at first yeah yeah same and, and uh, everyone then and then you see tong running off everyone's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> doing it is it a t that he's doing or is it i a, don't know what that means doing, yeah i don't know what it means that i've seen a couple of people do it before yeah but uh, I don't know if he's doing a, a tea for Michael Tong or if he's just... just a... Sorry, I'm, this is such a tangent, but I have to mention this. Do you know, do you remember uh, Bebeto's celebration with the baby? Oh, yeah. That kid who, who, who was celebrating now plays as a professional footballer in Brazil. I, I heard this yesterday. <laughs> I just thought I'd bring it up now. A bit of trivia for you, yeah. That's good. That is... Uh... <laughs> that absolutely nothing to do with anything, but... <laughs> nothing. That's the biggest tangent you'll ever find, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it all the same. Uh, so that makes it 1-0 in the 38th minute. And then mere seven minutes later, Blades make it 2-0 with a, a hilariously amateur bit of defending from Wednesday. I, I always enjoyed this. I, I, I still can't. I've watched this goal millions of times in my life and I can't. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, ball just gets sort of sliced down the left touch line and it, everyone sort of stops, don't they? It looks like it's yeah. just going to trickle out for a throw-in. Chris Armstrong doesn't stop. He runs. The ball stays in. The crowd goes nuts. Any idea who the Wednesday player is? I, I thought it was Coughlin. It's quite hard to make out. It's in the right, I right thought spot. I thought Bullen, but I could be wrong. Let's go with Bullen because he seems like a bit of an idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Armstrong gets to it and keeps it in under no pressure at all because Wednesday basically given it up. He uh, he sends a crossover and then 
this goal by Akinbai is. Mm. Why don't we talk about this goal more? This I is a phenomenal goal. I remember when this went in at the beanbag and everyone would just open mouth looking yeah, at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's it's even better than I remembered. This cross comes in. Akinbai, I think it bounces once, doesn't it? Akinbai like flicks it off his head and then before it hits the ground, just smashes this volley in off the crossbar. An unbelievable hit. And I, I watched these highlights after watching the highlights of all his misses for Leicester. I was yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. has he done that? It's it's such a pure strike. And I, uh... Stunning, stunning goal. I mean, we'll come on to the second half, but this is Akinbay at his best and worst. You can sort of see yes. a lot of him here, I think, in this game. For sure, yeah. But it, it's an incredible goal. Just technically brilliant. The the strength to hold off the defender, the awareness to have that like extra touch off the head, and mm. then... The purity of the strike, and I'm uh, I'm a stickler for goals that go in off the woodwork, mate. That's like that's like an extra yeah. extra ten points of uh... should get an extra goal for it. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, like you're saying, but I don't know why he's not spoke about it in the same league as like Michael Brown or Mark Duffy or even James Beaters free kick. It's not in those sort. It's never really mentioned, is it, in those sort of terms? No, I guess. Yeah, I mean, what we're, we're segueing here, but what? What is Akinbay's legacy as a United player, do you think? I feel like more people remember the time he didn't dive against Crew than this goal. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, yeah. Did he get three goals for us? Uh, it might only have been two. There was, there was the one on his debut and then this one and then... Uh, he scored against QPR the week after this. So he did, yeah, you're right. But that was yeah, it. Yeah, with the header and that's... Yeah, three, they're, they're the three, three and 18. So, yeah, not a, a, not a glorious spell, really, were it, but... No, I don't remember him having any terrible misses or anything like that during during his United career. I'm sure no, I think he was just quite ineffective by it. We went well. We went on that awful run, didn't we? After this, as as we know, and he lost his place to Shipley, didn't he? Again. Yeah, that's right. But um, yeah, it was an amazing goal. I love the celebration. He just a very angry, oh, I love it. Yeah. angry goal celebration, and is eventually. The first player that like manages to stop him is Morgan, which is like mm. suddenly it's like the two hardest men on the on the pitch look like they're about to hit each other bizarrely. I then, think when you look at that that thing, you just think, oh, "I'm so glad I'm not in the middle of that." <laughs> when they do <laughs> the embrace. chest bump, yeah, the just, chest bump, yeah. You're expecting like a sort of shock wave off it, aren't you? It's... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can buy it. I mean, this is one of the things that a lot of people criticised him for. I remember at the matches and stuff that. It was clearly, you know, an unbelievably strong striker, and you never really saw. I don't know. Did he put him not not put himself about as much? But he probably didn't use that strength as much as he possibly could have. That's why. I, that's the feeling yeah. I got from him. Uh, yeah, I, I never thought of him as an overly physical striker. Like you know, really, no, a really powerful but he have for been? him because he yeah. was huge. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, he's... His finest moment in a blade shirt for sure. Just before half time, makes it. Are you sure it was that and not the training ground bust up with Claude Davis? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I, I only vaguely remember. Oh, where Claude Davis threatened him with a razor. It was the razor one, okay. and the headline was "Cutthroat Claude." Goodness <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sake! <laughs> nice. All right, into the second half. Um, Wednesday, they bring on Tud Gay for best, who's uh, who's been completely ineffective. United kind of uh, stand pat with all our subs. We don't make them until like the last 10 minutes of the game. Akinbai misses an unbelievable chance to make it 3-0. It's great, great play by Dyer actually out on the right. Dyer played really well in this match. Mm. And he, he puts in a brilliant cross. And uh, oh, what's worse, McGoldrick's miss against Chelsea or this one by Akinbai? I think McGoldrick's is worse because McGoldrick... Uh, we- in fairness to Akinbay, he flies at the header. He's just thinking, if I get contact on it, it's in. And it, and it wasn't. I think McGoldrick had a bit of time to sort of pick his spot. I'd probably go with Akinbay just because he's like, he's facing the goal, whereas McGoldrick has to sort of twist a little bit. That's fair enough. Like, yeah. and they're both about one yard out. Yeah, just, just run in a straight line and let the ball hit you on the head and it's going to be a goal. But yeah, we, Do you know what? We played better in the second half than the first half and we didn't score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. I mean, that should have been three nil. And uh, I think, I think if he does stick that away, it's we're we we could be getting into like proper embarrassment territory for Wednesday. Yeah, after that, can we? Bruce Cause... Dyer missed a really good chance. I think it was just after this as well. It's not on the highlights thing, but I do remember it where mm. sort of a free shot just just inside the area, and he, he sort of scoops it wide. And you think there were there were like a bit of this match where it was just constant attacks from us. Yeah, and uh, it was a nice feeling being like. 
being so comfortable in a Sheffield derby. I think this That's is... That's what we're all because we've not been playing well. We've been getting a few results and stuff, other than that Reading game. Yeah. We've not actually been playing that well. Yeah, but it was it was nice being like, you know, we're 19 places better than these. We're 2-0 up. We're just carving them open. This is great. This is, you know, what can go wrong, I suppose. And then yeah. you get then to the go. 80th minute, it's still only 2-0, but it looks like the game's basically over. And yeah. then uh, Wednesday win a penalty, which I think is a penalty. It's a cl- I think it might be Tong, actually. Yeah. It's like a clumsy, a clumsy tackle as uh, a Wednesday player sort of dribbling into the box. And um, they're commentators. Chris Morgan's give it away. Like they don't look anything alike. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's in the vicinity, Morgan, isn't he? and he's sort of like, ah, oh, flipping heck, I can't believe that's happened. He's probably thinking yeah. what we were all thinking of. Have oh, we really given him a way back into this game? Yeah. Like, they don't deserve that. And uh, McLean sends Paddy the wrong way, makes it two one. And then, with almost the last kick of the game, they almost equalise. And yeah. oh, that would have been a proper sickener, wouldn't it? If this Paddy Kenny come running out, <laughs> comes charging out, gets half a punch on it to the edge of the box, hooked towards goal. I mean, it's not exactly a, a powerful strike, is it? By no. the way, and uh, I mean, Coslet clears it off the line. I, w- I will say, if that had ended up in the back of the net, someone. Someone is getting a lot of abuse because it was really trickling at that point. Yeah, probably Coslock, but he slices it. You think if that gets slightly wrong, he's booting that in his own net. Yeah, I think. It, well, yeah, boots it out for a corner. I think doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, so can't even get it particularly away from goal. But fortunately, he is in the way to stop a stop. Would what would have been an embarrassing choke away of a game, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the corner comes in. We clear that, and the full time whistle blows, and we've done the double over Wednesday. Enough to get a, a commemorative DVD out of it for this season, which first I'm... time in fourteen years uh, we've done the double over them. Mm. Yeah, great stuff. I, I had the DVD of the uh, Sheffield double. Did you? Did you? Re- no, I didn't have the DVD of this. Actually, no. Have you still got it? I wish I'd have a look back at it. Actually, if you had, but yeah, I reckon I have. I've just not really got anything to play it on anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I've got, very true. I've yeah. got a PlayStation actually. PlayStation yeah. can play DVDs. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, so that was uh, yeah, that was a, a big win for United, and um, fortunately we did get those three points because as you said, we lost to QPR the next game, then we had the nil nil draw with Crew, then we lost to Coventry, then we lost to Norwich, and then we figured it out and did not lose for the remaining seven games of the season, and ended up finishing in second place and getting promoted. And Wednesday, unfortunately, just about staved off relegation for for another season. They're um, talking about Brown Laws in the year after. Mm, they're uh, so I was looking down Wednesday's season summary on Wikipedia, and there's, there's some good ed- editorialising here. It says um, the Al- <laughs> the Owls' final league position of 19th place wasn't bad considering the current financial situation of the club. <laughs> okay, for the second successive year, targets have been achieved. The season's target had been avoiding relegation. I'm not sure if that was written by uh, by Chairman Dave Allen or something back in 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's move on to our fun facts from this game. Then we've already had our uh, a, a couple of them drip fed into this one. What, what else have you got for me? Did you know that all money received by United for this game went to Rotherham United? I didn't, but was yeah, was this at the at the point where we were uh, trying to save Rotherham? Yeah, so the ticket money, the coach travel, if there were any coach travel, I, mean, I don't know, you know, if people coming from a certain player, I doubt they would have been, but who knows? Uh, there were obviously the bean back and all that sort of stuff. So mm. all that money went to Rotherham United, and the same weekend we actually gave um, Jonathan Forte and Stephen Quinn on loan for free as well. Oh, that was nice, wasn't it? I do remember Rotherham getting a bit a uh, bit uppity with us a few years later when they became good again. It's like, all right, yeah, settle, settle down. Yeah. We 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 saved you. Show some respect. We saved you. Yeah, and Wednesday didn't do that. Wednesday didn't get involved in that uh, sort of uh, same thing. They didn't give them the, the money they received to Rotherham, which is up to them. You know what I mean? Fair yeah. enough. Rotherham beat them all the time. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, they were, they were probably hoping that we would give our money to them instead of Rotherham. I guess. Um, Mine is, so this is a, a sub that came on for United, Gary Flickcroft, who I guess is better known for uh, his time at Blackburn rather than us, thinking of his six appearances for United. Uh, do you know he runs a, uh, a, a basically a, a Windows business now, or a like a home home decoration business with his I son? I didn't know. It's called Flitcraft. <laughs> oh, no. No. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not booking him. <laughs> <laughs> he was in some uh, some legal trouble with somebody who said he was um, his business was like uh, basically ripping off 
all these other houses. But um, oh, really? Yeah, but he uh, he he won the he won the the court dispute. And, uh, I believe I'm just looking now. I'm pretty sure that Gary Flitcroft and his brother David Flitcroft don't speak anymore. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's true. I'm just looking for this now. I've definitely, definitely read that somewhere or heard it somewhere. Yeah. But all I'm getting is high revolu- resolution pictures of David and Gary Flitcroft <laughs> at the moment. So I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, don't don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure I've read that. It's a yeah, it's a timber frame business with his son Thomas. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe he's on good terms with that one. He was, of course. I don't, I don't want to get too far into this, but um, I think he was one of the original super injunction people to prevent the media from talking about uh, personal life scandals. Should we say? Do you remember this? No, I don't actually. No, this was a big uh, a big thing where you got. Uh, I'm going to be careful what I say here, so I'll just talk in. Uh, I'll talk in generalisations, but uh, a tabloid splashing personal scandal of fo- of unnamed footballers, and it was. I'm pretty sure he was one of the first people who basically ah. t- took out an injunction to prevent him being named by any newspapers, which expired uh, several years later. Which is why I can now say this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and that became a. It became a bit of a thing in the early 2000s, I think. I seem to remember Ryan Giggs being involved in one yeah. as well. Um, so, yeah, he was, uh, he was a, a trailblazer for uh As I was privacy. looking at Gary Flickcroft, thing, by the way, just on the subject of him, um, do you know he's in... Uh, David Dunn is also part of the company. Hmm. No, I didn't know this. Yeah, so David Dunn and Gary Flickcroft, yeah. Um, they said they've rediscovered the, the crack of the trade. Is it crack? I don't know how to pronounce that. The C-R-A-I-C. Crack, yeah. Crack, because it's the Irish way of, yeah. They've rediscovered the crack of the dressing room on the building site. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. Um, the Okay, so one of my other ones, um, Chris Morgan and Lee Bullen both played in this game, of course. Both voted their club's greatest ever captains in 2014. I don't know what was happening in 2014, but this was an online poll, but both clubs seemed to do it. And uh, yeah, both Morgan and Bullen voted the club's greatest ever captains. I wonder if I wonder if you did that now, it'd still be Morgan for us, or whether it'd be Billy Sharp? Could, yeah, so that, yeah. I think Billy Sharp's definitely going to be um, seen as one of the best captains, which is... Strange, because when he first came in, he wasn't brought in as a captain or even a leader or anything. He's done yes. really well as a captain. It's, uh, I think he was surprised himself that he was given the captaincy by Wilder, actually. Mm. Yeah, the um, that that interview he gave to United's, um, <clears throat> the, uh, what's it called? Is it Inside United or something like that? Yeah, that's the, right, yeah. The, the podcast, brilliant interview. I remember listening to that, um, I guess probably about this time last year, actually, the club started doing them during... Uh, during the first lockdown, and yeah, he talks quite candidly about um, yeah about being surprised at being given the captaincy. But yeah, he's, he's probably in the conversation. I would say now. I think if he did a if he did an online poll, I imagine the the fact he is you know the current captain, current would, captain, would, yeah, would probably tilt it a bit. But uh, yeah, were captain two thousand and fourteen? That'd be Michael Doyle. Yeah, Doyle or Collins, I guess. Yeah, not really much contention there. <laughs> the, the, the Morgan crown there. To be yeah, fair. probably not. What else you got for me? This is my last one because obviously I used my other one earlier on, but I, this this uh, goes into the typical Wednesday narrative. Hmm. Uh, the uh, the goalkeeper for this season for Sheffield Wednesday, they changed. They had Nicky Weaver, Adamson, as we talked about. But the, the guy who started goal was Brad Jones. You remember Brad Jones? Yeah, did he play for Borough and then did he get to Liverpool? That's right, that's the, the very same, yeah. The but same. he was loaned out to Sheffield Wednesday from Borough. Borough obviously Premier League at this point. And he made an up, he says he made an up and down uh, start to his loan spell, making some vital saves as well as conceding penalties in successive games to Plymouth Argyle and Leeds. But on 21st of October, his own fans turned at him and attacked him by throwing coins and other missiles at him. And he was quickly recalled from his loan spell. <laughs> oh dear. So fan power works. Just throw missiles at your goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, so they, they got rid of him. They basically Middlesbrough brought him back because of the abuse he would get him. Obviously, didn't feel like it was uh, conducted to his career. What a disgrace Sheffield Wednesday are. Um, yeah. My my final final bit of trivia is a, a, a tiny one, and it's also uh, disciplinary related. Did you know that Adi Akinbai was sent off two minutes into his Burnley debut? For uh, headbutting Sunderland's George McCartney. 
I didn't, no, but I wouldn't like to be on the other receiving end of a headbutt by Adiak in Bayer. Absolutely not. Um, that's my trivia. I just want to quickly run through the, the Wednesday squad for the season. I mean, mentioned I've looked you... through this as well, actually. This is one of my old notes. There's some good names in here. Well, one of them is uh, Mr. Paul Hickingbottom was, uh, yes. yeah. was a Wednesday player during the season. He was actually loaned to Barnsley. Somehow it had escaped me that he had ever played for Wednesday. I don't know how I'd forgotten that. Um, Chris Eagles played for Wednesday during this season on loan from Man United. So did he, did he go... I need to look at what happened with Eagles because obviously he played for Watford also in this, this season. season. Yeah. Oh, so so was... he was on loan at Wednesday and then he went went on loan. Because I always remember the Wednesday uh, oh, yeah. fans saying, how is he playing so well for them? He was rubbish for us. <laughs> Yeah, and went on to have a really decent career, Eagles. Yeah, we're at Burnley, obviously, after, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, very good player. Uh, Gabby Ogbonlahor was on loan at Wednesday this yeah. season, news to yeah. me. Uh, and someone called Danny Reet, which I thought was a appropriately name. Yorkshire name, yeah. And uh, Oh, and, and also in the squad, uh, Rory McArdle. Do you know why he is significant to United fans? No. He is the player who, what would it have been, like eight years later... Did a little uh, wrestling move on Stefan Skugel for, uh, oh, for Bradford. Oh, of course, yeah. I didn't know he played for Wednesday. <laughs> I didn't either. I, mean, I don't think he played. He only played a handful of games. But, uh, yeah, I was looking down the list. Rory McCann, the other or... people on this uh, the squad, it was um, John Paul McGovern, mm-hmm. who obviously used to play for us. Scott Carson. Yes. They had a good side. <laughs> a lot of young <laughs> players, like, but just never... And um, not quite as hot, but... Um, Richard Wood, who's obviously still playing for Rotherham United now. Blimey, so he is, yeah. Yeah, so he's still, yeah, and he was... How old is he about that? I mean, how old is he now, Richard Wood? He must be getting on. He's only 35, so... 35, wow, yeah. Yeah, so he would have been a teenager back then, yeah. Or 20, excuse me, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but, uh, yeah, a lot of young players in that team who didn't... A lot of them didn't go on to do very much, although, yeah. I'd say... Is Brunt there? This is my lack of Wednesday knowledge here, but is he their best academy product of like the last? Actually, is he even? No, he's not. He's not an academy, academy product. He was from Middlesbrough Academy. Yeah, so he was. I was just thinking this the other day about just with United's academy and you know the fact we have actually yeah that's produced a good, some very really good, good shout that. Maybe I mean Glenn Wheeler. I imagine he's Irish. I imagine he didn't come from the academy either. Well, maybe he did. Oh, no, you were at Manchester City, actually. Oh, you were at Borre. They signed him. Sorry, I thought you were from their academy. Yeah. There's, uh, maybe there's someone obvious, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't think of it. Obviously, they didn't have Jamie Vardy, did they? No, no. I guess, well, I guess maybe, maybe they can claim Vardy. They certainly claimed him earlier in the season when he scored against us, so... Yeah, that's we'll it. They always him. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think. There must be got to be somebody. Nicky, no, Nicky Weaver at Man City. Yeah. Oh, this is... Yeah, it's going to be on my mind, this. Wednesday's academy players. Yeah, someone uh, <laughs> someone could tweet us if there's someone obvious that yeah. we've missed. Um, but there we go, mate. Good uh, A good win for the Blades. Enjoy uh, enjoy looking back at those uh, those Derby wins. Yeah, at that point... Yeah, I don't know. It, I think I was still used to us losing to Wednesday, even if I felt we had a better team, which we kind of did yeah. a lot of the time around here. As in, we had a better yeah, team yeah, and we yeah. didn't always get the result that we deserved. And uh, yeah, if anything... 2-1 was slightly frustrating that we hadn't hammered them. I do remember one final memory from this. I remember leaving Bramall Lane um, at full time and uh, a Wednesday fan had obviously set off a bit early from Hillsborough. They'd obviously abandoned yeah. hope early and uh, they were driving down the side road next to Bramall Lane past whatever it is, 4,000 United fans streaming oh, out. So, yeah. <laughs> in a full, you know, full Wednesday kit and everything. Yeah, so, terrible uh, idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking there, to be honest. Maybe they didn't realise it was uh, it was being shown at Bromwell Lane, so they got a bit of uh, good-natured abuse, shall we say. It was, uh... Just before we move on, I've just gone on to Transfer Market UK for Wednesday's Academy. People have come through the Academy who's made the most league appearances. It's actually Richard Wood who's made the most league appearances ever from their academy. You've got Tommy Spur, Mark Beavers, Liam Palmer, Lee Bromby, Derek Geary came through their academy, mm. I mean, uh, Cameron Dawson, Joe Wildsmith, so not an impressive lineup, really. Well, there's very few there that have played much above the championship, have they? Uh, Kevin I mean, Pressman. Yeah, when you're, uh, you know, when you're talking about two of the most expensive defenders in the world from, uh, yeah. from the Blades in Walker and, uh, and Maguire, that's... It's no contest, is it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any any final thoughts, mate? Or uh, all good for this week? 
all good for this week. We're not playing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is Leeds next in a couple of weeks. But I think yeah, it's international break now, isn't it? And um, I think I think next week hopefully we'll be in a good place to do our, our wilder look back. At, yeah, uh, yeah, it is yeah. time. I'm hoping so. Yeah, to give ourselves a bit more time to to get over it, and then uh, we'll be back with that one, I suppose. But um, yeah, thanks to everyone, as I said, who uh, gave us feedback on that on that last podcast. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoy this as well. We'll be back with uh, another memorable match in, I think, in a couple of weeks. We'll do we'll do Wilder next week, and then maybe the week after that, we'll uh, we'll be back yeah. with another memorable match. Now we've done a win, we've got carte blanche to. Uh, Look at a, a more miserable outcome. Yeah, let's was... get proper miserable next time. Let's go for <laughs> like a, that four 0 at home to Scunthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> you've, yeah, you've got that, and I think you've got the uh, the Adkins four 0 at Gillingham on the list, haven't you? So... Yeah, I just thought that might Sadist. be an interesting thing to discuss how we felt towards that season. But you know, things are depressing enough. I'm not sure we can go down that route just yet. But <laughs> no, probably not. All He's right, but he's back in back in management. He is at, at Charlton. How relieved were you to know that he's now out of contention for the United job? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I saw some, because uh, obviously he posted his motivational videos and there's a lot of Charlotte fans underneath saying, how can anyone not like this man? You'd go to war for him. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm not sure about that. I do like him as a man. I've got to admit, I reckon if you knew him, you'd be like sort of, oh, he's all right now. He's a bit like a bit of a, you know, bit, bit of an idiot. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he gets talked about in a sort of... Uh... A bit of a knowing, like a knowing way. Just you know, United fans. I mean, it's not like God, I hate yeah. that guy. Well, he was a disgrace. I don't manager. think it's hatred with Nigel Atkins. I actually think possibly Clough's more disliked. Yeah, I think. Well, that's, that's bold, but yeah, you, you're probably right. Not in terms of what they did for us, but no, like, no, no. I think Clough are more antagonistic with, with yeah. the things that he said and stuff. And I don't think Atkins were ever like that. I think Atkins were just like, oh, shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And obviously that season was uh, a bit of a disgrace, but yeah, I, I don't do, know. I might one day, I might write this for Den Blades one day, a defence of Nigel Atkins, and see, oh. see if it's like a challenge that I can upset myself. <laughs> start that one now, you might have uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might have come up with something by the end of the summer, yeah. I suppose. Uh, plug, your, uh, plug your podcast, mate, you've got a new episode out this week. Yeah, uh, Richard Hillman, the, the Coronation Street serial killer, is, uh, is out now, and then we'll be back on Friday, hopefully, with... Uh, Look uh, like a look and read, basically BBC educational shows um, from the past, and we take a look at that as well. So, cheers for everyone who's been listening so far. There's also a, there's a view from Al, and these are getting quite irregular now. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I did a view from Chelsea, which uh, yeah, pretty a lot of a lot of people having a go at Martin Keown if you're into that. Oh God, yeah, Keown was. Uh, <laughs> I think I. What did he say about the the 1999 thing? So I was trying to remember this to someone, and I couldn't. So the Arsenal game, you know, the replayed Arsenal game. Oh, I, I don't know, I missed that. I think I might have started listening to music for the second half because he was doing my noting. He did say something, or I saw it, and then people talked about it, and I can't remember exactly what he said, so if anyone knows, let us know. <laughs> uh, you didn't say the name of your podcast. Oh, I say it's Living With Maidley. There we go, that's better. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you haven't killed anyone this week, have you? Not so far. I mean, you got a mention in one of the podcasts, the first ever podcast you got a mention, actually, so... Well, I yeah. Think I- you might have just survived it. I think like you might have gone on a bit too far now. So you might okay. have just got away with it. So yeah, if anyone wants anyone knocking off, give me a shout. <laughs> bit, of, bit of money involved, we'll mention him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. All right, mate. Well, thank you very much for your time. And uh, yeah, we will catch up next week. We'll, we'll be ready to talk Chris Wilder next week. Let's, let's yeah. make that our goal. Yeah. Nice one. Thanks again, pal. See you later. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Thank you.